Hey, this is Pastor Jeremy from Awakened Church. I hope you enjoy this week's message. Um, it shrunk into a stool today. <laughs> Just don't judge me, okay? Don't judge me for my lack of a pulpit, okay? I'm totally fine without a pulpit, don't you worry. Uh, but this, I can, uh, I can preach with anything. Um, I, I, heard, I heard a rumor that it's somebody's birthday today. I think it's Susan's birthday. Happy birthday, Susan. <laughs> so, so here's what I want you to do. Uh, everybody can give as much money as you want to Susan. Just shower her with money. <laughs> we love you. We love you, Susan. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so really quick, uh, the newcomer's lunch, uh, right after service. If you're a newcomer, you know about it. Last week was newcomers and oldcomers, uh, and so it was an awesome time. We just all gathered together and uh, had some great food, so thank you to all who cooked and provided for that, really good stuff. Uh, this Sunday, it's just for newcomers, so they can ask some questions in a, more, uh, in a closer setting with my wife and I. Um, and so anyways, newcomers, right after service, stick around, you and your kids, and we're going to uh, sit at the table and talk for like a half hour and eat some good food, okay? Um, and if you're not registered for newcomers, but you are a newcomer this morning, uh, you are welcome to stay and we'll, we'll make room for you as well. So just let me know after service, okay? I wanna preach to you a message today called Jesus is not. Jesus is not. Can you help, just announce that sermon title to the person next to you, just say, Jesus is not. Jesus is not. Um, and there's a fill in the blank, that dotted line there. Uh, we're going to be filling in that blank as we go along this morning, but Jesus is not is the sermon title. Um, I want to, uh, I'll start off this morning with a, with a bit of an illustration. I don't know if you guys ever, anybody ever watch any uh, Netflix series or uh, Amazon Prime series or anything like that? <laughs> Every day. <laughs> you don't have to disclose how often, but... <laughs> It was just a general question. There's going to be intervention for Dana afterwards for binging. Uh, <laughs> it's all the chosen. All you watch is Christian stuff. I know you. All right. <laughs> okay. So um, uh, before we get into that, um, Melvina and I were watching this, um, this docu. It's kind of a documentary on this Christian comedian named Shonda Pierce. Anybody know her, know of her? Wait, raise your hand. Okay. Super funny lady. Super funny lady. She's been around for, uh, seems like centuries. <laughs> She's not that old. Um, but she is really, really funny. Um, and I think Melvina's went to a show. Maybe others of you have. Uh, but we were we were laying in bed uh, kind of late one night and she put this, this documentary on. And so there was some comedy kind of mixed in this documentary, uh, but it was, it was a really sad tale of this comedian that made her living making other people laugh, uh, but she struggles with manic depressive uh, uh, disorder. Um, she said at one point, uh, she said that... Um, She's only able to be out on stage because of the medication she's on. Otherwise, she was just terribly depressed. And I think, I think on some level, most of us in the room can relate at some point or another being really depressed in our life, um, going through some sort of emotional something, right? 
You don't have to wave your hand. I know it's personal, but I think most of us can. Um, she, she got her start. I thought this was really interesting. She got her start on uh, impersonating Minnie Pearl from Hee Haw. Anybody remember? Those of you who are older, you may remember uh, Minnie Pearl and Hee Haw. Mom and dad, if, <laughs> mom and dad, if they're watching, I can remember when I was uh, just, just a wee little lad. Uh, we had one TV in the house back in those days, right? One TV in the house. And it happened to be in mom and dad's room. I don't know. They were like, they were just hoarding the TV. <laughs> well, they probably thought it was like, they called it the television back in those days too, right? <laughs> but it was no remote, right? So you actually had to get up. You, I don't know who remembers this, but you had to get up from the bed or the TV and actually turn the channel. And I thought we were really uptown too because it wasn't like an analog button. You could kind of just like put your finger on the actual number and it would change. I was like, whoa. But my sister and I, we would, we would gather in the, 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 their bedroom and we'd watch some Hee Haw or something like that. Uh, but Shonda Pierce, um, she got her start there uh, impersonating Minnie Pearl and her career just took off, man. It just took off. And... So she, she later got married to a wonderful husband and they had a couple of kids. All the while, like her career is skyrocketing. But during the course of all of that, um, her marriage began to fall apart. And this is all of what she was saying. Her marriage began to fall apart. Um, she never was able to be home with her children. Um, she she ends up, ended up having one now she has one daughter that's estranged and wants nothing to do with them. Um, her husband became an alcoholic and he actually died from a brain aneurysm uh, wandering off into the woods one day. And so it's just a, like a really, it's a really sad story. Uh, now God was, her testimony is how, how faithful God has been to her in the midst of all of this. And he surely has been faithful. But it just kind of opened my eyes to to a couple of things that I want to talk about today um, concerning sometimes the cost that we pay, um, concerning sometimes um, the warning signs that we may ignore, um, concerning how, how because of the empty tomb, Jesus has something so much better for us. And I want to read again the resurrection encounter. I, I told you last week I didn't want to move from it because I believe that um, there's something more for us than just reading the resurrection encounter, encounter one time a year, right? Um, it is actually the pinnacle of our faith. It's the foundation of our faith that Jesus rose from the grave. And so we need to, we need to hit this again, and I hope it hits your heart. So we're going to read uh, about six or seven verses here in the Gospel of Mark, uh, and, and then we're going we're gonna to take off from there. You ready? All right, let's do it. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. See the place where they laid him. See the place where they laid him. 
the uh, the clicker just <laughs> stopped working. <laughs> there we go. Okay, thank you. All right. So, what do you remember the title of the sermon? Jesus is not. And so the first thing I want to share from this passage is that Jesus is not a slave to the cost we pay. Um, the first thing we read in the resurrection narrative there is that Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. Now, what they didn't know was that Jesus wouldn't be there. When they went, and, and as I shared on Easter Sunday, the custom was to go and anoint the body, the Jewish custom would be to go and anoint the body. Um, they would wrap it in linen cloths and, and they would anoint those linen cloths with, with special spices. Um, and they're pretty costly spices. So I think it's interesting that, that Mark reads um, that they bought spices so they might go and anoint him. And so it was a costly trip for them, right? It was a costly trip for him, for them. And what, what came to mind concerning that, that word bought and the fact that Jesus is not a slave to the cost we pay is that Jesus, Jesus didn't change what he was doing just because they had bought some spices and they were coming. Again, it cost them a lot. And Jesus had already told them that he was gonna rise from the grave. And so he, he, he did what he said he was going to do, even though they had paid the, paid the price and, and brought the spices um, and to the tomb that morning. There was more than that, right, for them. I was thinking uh, the other day, um, my family and I have a family day on Friday, and we don't uh, we, we try to stick pretty close, to, close by there to that family day. We hold to it. Um, so most of the time, I like to put my phone in a drawer and uh, not accept any calls on Friday unless it's an emergency, and we just, we just try to do something as a family that day. Um, I was talking to someone last family day as we went to see the Mario movie. I don't know who you've seen the Mario, Super, Super Mario Bros. And, uh, and they asked me, they asked me, they said, so what are you doing? Kind of because I was off work that day, kind of like... What are you doing? <laughs> like, is it your, you know, what is, what, what are you doing off work? And, um, and I said, well, this is my family day. And their reply to me was, you know, oftentimes we don't realize the importance of things until it's too late, right? Until it's too late. Um, oftentimes we'll make decisions in our life, um, whatever it may be. Uh, for Shonda Pierce, it was her career skyrocketing and just taken off in so many different directions. All the while, her family was falling apart. That was a cost that she had decided to pay in her life. Now, Jesus was not a slave to that cost. What that means is um, he can redeem anything and he can move in the midst of anything, but he's not gonna make decisions for us, right? So there's consequences to the cost that sometimes we want to pay in our life. Amen? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's consequences to the cost that, that, that we decide to pay. Um, for some of us in the room, it's, it's like climbing the corporate ladder as far and as fast as we can at the expense of everything else. 
and then asking God to bless what we're doing, right? And then kind of getting mad at God whenever things aren't going the way that we thought they would go. I mean, the ladies brought, bought these spices, brought them to the tomb, and then, you know, they were an emotional wreck whenever they didn't find Jesus there, right? So he's not a slave to the cost that, that we are willing to pay sometimes. Is he always there for us? Absolutely. Um, but there are consequences to the cost that we decide to pay in our life. Um, I, Melvina and I, we, we counsel quite a few people and as we're counseling people and as you're even going through things with people, um, there, is a, there is a danger, there's a tendency perhaps to become too overwhelmed by, by the different things that other people are carrying and going through. I don't know if you guys have ever had that, like somebody's going through something really seriously and you're trying to help them and yet like you, you start to become overburdened with it, overwhelmed with it. Um, and as, as you're counseling others, you know, there, there are those moments where you can perhaps see, like, well, there was a danger, danger zone. There was a warning sign there to that cost that they were willing to pay. There was something that should have happened differently. You're looking on, on it from the outside, maybe trying to help them see. But the hope is that we don't look back, we don't have to live our life looking back in regret all of the time, Right? We don't want to look back and regret over our life. Like I said a couple weeks ago, I think I said it here, maybe I just said it personally to a couple people, but what we have to realize is, is that um, these little things, um, these are not the most important things in our life. Like, no, seriously. Like, how much, how much time does this steal from our day? Right? How much, how, much, how much FaceTime does it steal from the one that you love, perhaps that's sitting next to you this morning or that maybe isn't here, but that you love so much? How, how much time does this, right? No, but I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm just gonna tell you the truth. Like, there's a consequence to the, to the cost that we're willing to pay sometimes for the things we do. And the point of this sermon is not to get you to look back on regret. The point of this sermon is what I'm gonna share here in a few minutes but Jesus is not a slave to the costs that we're willing to pay sometimes in our life. Amen? He's not a slave. He's a, he has a perfect will for us to walk in and he's not a slave to the cost that we're willing to pay. Okay? Um, next thing is, is, I want you to know that Jesus is not silent in the dark. Jesus is not silent in the dark. Look, these ladies came to the tomb uh, with, or, or they, and then God sent an angel to the tomb to give them a message. They were not alone in the dark. There was, he was not silent in the dark. Some of us are thinking right now about a lot of the costs that we've been willing to pay in our life. I want you to know that he's not silent in the dark. Right? He's not silent in our darkness. He's not silent in our overwhelmness. He's not silent whenever everything is pressing down on, to, on us, which is depression. He's not silent in the dark. He, think of how good God was. We just sang about how good he is. Think about how good he is that he sent an angel, which is a messenger of God, to reveal truth to the ladies. Right? He is not silent in the dark. In the cold, dark place, this cold, empty, or this cold, empty tomb, yes, he was not silent. Don't we serve a good God? Amen. He's not silent in the dark. 
And what does that mean for me and you? Maybe you're not seeing an angel, right? I mean, it'd be great if every time that we needed a little bit of course readjustment that he would send an angel. But maybe he's sending a message somehow to us. Doesn't have to be from a preacher. God speaks in many different ways. Maybe it's when you're reading his word. Maybe it's when you're listening to a song. Maybe it's whenever you're having a conversation with somebody. I mean, the ladies, the, the, the angel wanted the ladies to realize the value in community because that's why he said, go tell the others. Go tell the others. That was always the message because there's such value in community whenever we get together and we try to sort this stuff out because he is not silent in the dark and he is just waiting for an open ear, a listening ear. Right? He's not silent in the dark. He's not silent in the dark. The lady's role that day wasn't to just be like, oh man, well, I've paid all this cost of bringing all these spices to the tomb. I've just, oh, if I wouldn't have just spent all this money or, or paid all this high cost of coming to the tomb. Their role wasn't to live in regret. Their, their role was to simply just listen to him in that moment. Listen to the message that God was speaking in that moment. Because he's not silent in the dark. You got me? He's not silent in the dark. Right? So Jesus is not still in the tomb. And that was a great point, Jeremy. I know it was because it's truth. <laughs> Jesus is not still in the tomb. All right? I mean, this sermon's about to get really good. I, I just want you to know, right now you're wondering where this is going, but the sermon's about to get good. Jesus is not still in the tomb. He has risen, he is not here. See the place where they laid him. Right. He has risen, he is not here. See the place where they laid him. That was the message to the ladies. So we're gonna, we're gonna break this down. The word see from see the place where they laid him. That word see is behold, don't miss it. Don't miss it. How, I mean, we get FOMO from so many different things, right? We are so afraid of missing out on something. We're so afraid of missing out. That's why we like totally super scroll all the time. Like we're afraid of missing out on what our friends are doing, what our family's doing. Like we're so afraid. That's why we keep ourselves so busy because we're afraid of missing out. Like, like, but this was the word to the ladies. Like, don't miss it in this moment. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. All right. Don't miss it, Jeremy. Don't miss this moment, Jeremy because you're still kind of grieving a little bit over leaving the theater, <laughs> all right? No, man, I mean, because there was a big shift that happened. There's a big shift that happened to come to a new building and, and all the different things, but don't, Jeremy, don't miss this. Don't miss what I'm doing right now. Don't miss it. See, behold, don't miss the person that is right in front of you guys. And if there's anything I've learned after 20 some years of ministry, it says, sometimes I miss what's right in front of me because I'm looking for the next best thing, the other thing. And how many times do me as a dad or me as a husband, well, I do the same exact thing? I miss the importance of the moment because I'm thinking, man, what are we going to do? It's going to be big. It's going to be huge. Blah. And you know what? I asked my kids um, yesterday or on Friday, Family Fun Day, I'm like, do you really like to do this? Just sit and... Do you like to sit and just watch a movie? Because I'm like, let's get outside, let's go on a kayak, let's climb a mountain. What mountain can we summit today? 
And I'm not really even that adventurous. I don't know why. <laughs> but like, like, but but it's like these little these little moments. Yeah. And I think we're just we're being invited into this, like, don't miss it. Don't miss, like, I want here's what I want to do. And somebody may in this room want to purchase these for this place. I want to set some rocking chairs out on the porch. And here's why. Some of my best times in my life have been spent on a porch. I'm telling you. Some of my best time spent with my parents, my grandparents, um, elders in the church, my kids. We used to have porch time when we had a porch in Ohio. Some of my best times have been spent on a porch because I think there's, it's not the porch, but it's actually just giving each other a little bit of time, a little bit of space, right? Don't miss it. Um, don't get me wrong, like I am super excited for what's ahead for my children. I'm super excited for, for where God is going to take them. But I think all of us parents in the room, sometimes when we look at baby pictures, we're like, ah. you know what? Like we never believe it when they're that young that they grow up so fast, right? We don't believe it. And, and, and those young parents in the room, here's what I tell you and you can, they can vouch for me is I, I just tell them, soak it up. Be a sponge in these moments. Be a sponge. Um, don't miss it. Don't miss it because the, very, the most important person in the room is who's, who's right in front of you. It's who's on your row, right? Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Um, are we okay? You guys doing all right? Yeah. All right. All right. So, so check this out. Um, he says, he's, it, the, the message to them said, see, don't miss it, the place where they laid him. That word place is actually the Greek word. It can mean opportunity. Um, don't see or don't, don't miss this, this opportunity that's in front of you. Don't miss this opportunity that's in front of you. Don't, don't miss this place because this place right now was actually a place of encounter for them. Like the God could actually come and come right into this space, right into this, this place, right into this moment where they were feeling so empty, feeling so emotional, feeling so, ah, I have no idea what's going on. I followed this guy for three and a half years. He died. Where is he? I just can't get it. I don't know if I'm the only one who doesn't quite get things sometimes or understand things sometimes. What's going on in life? It was, a, it was an opportunity that was before them to see the place where they laid him. Where was the place where they laid him? It was in a, it was in a tomb, a borrowed tomb, a tomb where nobody had ever been laid, um, in a garden. That's right. But there was an opportunity before them. So here's what I want. Here's the challenge. Just kind of spiritualize this. Is that there's an opportunity before you and me. There's an opportunity before you and me whenever, whenever we're kind of, whenever we've fallen into some comparison traps, when we've kind of missed some things because we haven't been really seeing things rightly when we're chasing after the big or the whatever, like there's, there's an opportunity before us right now to encounter, right? Without living in regret, without like looking back and I could have changed this, I could have changed this, da 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 you know, but what we have to realize is right now there's a chance for encounter, Right now, there's a chance for us to encounter God's truth, God's love, and, 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 and for him to start moving in our life and in the life, we, life of those we love. Right now is a moment of encounter. Shake your head like this. There's an opportunity before us. What I'm trying to tell you is that, is that all isn't lost. That there's an opportunity for encounter. 
For these ladies, they didn't understand anything. They had played a high price to get to where they were and things just were not working out like they thought they would. And maybe I'm the only one who's ever been in a place in their life where things weren't just feeling, they weren't feeling like, they were, they, like you thought they would or they weren't working out like you thought they would. But in that very place is an opportunity for encounter. And that very place, see the place where they laid him, see the opportunity right now. See the opportunity. Now, to kind of flip that the other way, um, I can remember in my former pastorate, uh, I, I took this church um, because uh, it was a church in Ohio, wonderful people, wonderful place. I've told many of you about it. It was a Hallmark-style church. I married so many people in that church because it was like the perfect church. <laughs> like everybody wanted to get married at that church. It was just picture perfect. Um, but they also paid pretty well. And it was a pretty comfortable living for my family and I, and there's nothing wrong with those sort of things. I believe God wants you God wants you to, um, to be wealthy so that you can live and give like nobody else. Amen. <laughs> okay, all right. So uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't want you to be in a state of financial struggle all the time. I, don't, I do not believe that. However, when that is, when that is the, the prime motivation for taking an opportunity, that's when it kind of gets a little iffy. And you can fall into disobedience. I remember I was riding in the combine with this wonderful, nice man named Wilson. He was, he was a farmer in the, in the land, um, uh, owned so many acres of, 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 of corn and uh, just soybeans. And he's like, so Jeremy, what did you, why did you come here? See, all the while I knew I was supposed to be planning to plant this church. All the while I knew I should have taken a step of faith to start planting this church, right? And I said, well, it's a great opportunity. Those are my words. I remember sitting right in the same combine. Josiah was asleep because it was really relaxing in there. I was just talking with Wilson. It's a great opportunity. There's all kinds of opportunities around us, isn't there? Is there not? But what we have to realize and what we have to, to begin um, listening to God is about his best and his opportunity before us, right? And even if you can't see what's on the other side, God, I'm gonna step out and believe you for whatever opportunity you have. Because listen, they couldn't see that Jesus was in Galilee. They couldn't see it. But there was an opportunity to believe in this moment. There was an opportunity for faith in this moment. If they could just get out of where they were, if they could just get out of that tomb because he said for, for them to go and after that, that they would see him in Galilee. This is faith. And sometimes we're the most faithless people. And that's why he looked at his disciples, as I told you last week, and he was like, why didn't you guys believe? Why are you so hard-hearted? And he was like reproaching, reprimanding them for this. Because we are people that have even been given the gift of faith, guys. So what you can do is you can begin to see the, un the, the invisible. 
You can start to launch out in faith and believe him for things that you haven't seen. And um, you can trust him for things that, things that seem unreasonable and irrational, man. Whenever, whenever we headed down here in um, 2020 at the height of the pandemic, everybody was like, what are you doing? What's happening? What, what do you mean you're leaving all this? You're leaving your family. Everything, you're leaving everything to come down here. We're just like, man, we feel like God wants us to come down here in this moment. It was a God opportunity. For some of you, it just doesn't seem to make sense to trust him that, and to put faith again in him reaching your family or him healing your emotions or him healing your body. And all I want to tell you is that we serve a trustworthy, faithful God. And right now is a moment for encounter. Some of you, it's healing your marriage or healing your relationships with your children, whatever it is. And what I want to tell you is right now you're in a place that's an opportunity for encounter. See the opportunity for encounter. Don't miss it. Now's the time. Listen, I was a prodigal. <laughs> I was running far away from home. But mom and dad prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. So let me tell you, moms and dads, pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and never stop praying. It's a moment of encounter. There's an opportunity for encounter. You with me? All right. Um, so laid, the place, see the place where they laid him. Uh, the word laid means fixed or placed. And his past experience is your present salvation. That word laid is past. See the place where they laid him. He was here, but he's not here anymore. In other words, he died, they put him here. He's not here anymore. And because he's not here anymore, there's something on the other side of this, right? And this is what people of faith believe and put all of our trust, all of our faith, all of our hope in is the fact that he is not there. He was laid in the tomb, but he's not laid there anymore. And because since he was laid in the tomb, what that means is that you don't have to stay in whatever tomb you've been laying in for so many years. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay in the tomb of depression. You don't have to stay in the tomb of anxiety. You don't have to stay in the tomb of regret and just, just, and just all these missed opportunities and all you think. Like you don't have to stay in that tomb. You don't have to stay in the tomb of addiction. You don't have to stay in the tomb of wallowing and whatever sin it is that you're struggling with today, you don't have to stay in that tomb because he was laid there. That's past tense. And his, and that past, his past experience means our present salvation. Because he died for that. He died for your health. He died for your mental health. He died for your emotional health. He died for your spiritual health, your physical health. He died for, for mended relationships. Guys, you understand that that's what the cross stands for is mended relationships, mended relationships between God and man and between men and women, man and man, right? Like, like the mended relationships among friends, mended relationships among family. Like mended, this is what he's, the cross stands for mended relationships, reconciliation. You're looking at me like I'm preaching impossible. We either serve the God of possible or we don't, right? We serve the God of possible, right? And, and, I, and he is for you. Like he really wants us to understand this is that because he was laid there, it means we don't have to stay there. 
Where is he today? He's alive. He's living forevermore so that you can, you and I, we don't only have hope in this world, we have hope for all of eternity. So that no matter what is happening in our life, no matter what is going on, I have a hope beyond it. I have a hope that lasts beyond or goes, goes even further and stronger than if my kids ever talk to me again. I have a hope that goes beyond that, right? My hope isn't in what I'm praying for. My hope is in the empty tomb. But because the tomb is empty, that means that I can believe for the things that I believe are, or that, I've, that before I've seen are impossible. But all of my faith and trust isn't in this happening or that happening. All my faith and trust is right here. Does that make sense to you? Sometimes we live in disappointment because we've prayed for stuff and it just, we haven't seen it happen yet. But let me tell you, uh, the Psalms would remind us that those of us who put our hope in the Lord were never disappointed. Never disappointed. I guess that means I should be finishing off here. <laughs> My time's up. I got you. Ah, but seriously, guys, uh, Barry, if you want to come up and play, play something. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you want to sit down there, Barry, and just... Strum, strum the guitar. Um, now, but let's let's um, let's stand this morning. Let's stand this morning. This is the um, this is the big finish. This is the moment of invitation. Okay. This is the moment where we're going to be called to do something with what we've heard. All right. So bow your heads with me. Bow your heads. And I don't know what part of the message you uh, resonated with or didn't resonate with. We'll take some volume down on that, guys. Um, I don't know how, how this has hit you today. But all I know is this, is that I want you to hear this scripture. I want you to close your eyes and I want, you, I want you to hear this scripture. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead can give you life this morning. I'm serious. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to just, just I want you to hear this, hear this scripture. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So what does this mean? It means that Jesus is not unable to fill you today. He's not unable to fill you with his presence. He's not unable today to fill you with life. Right? He's not unable to fill you with life and in the life that you experience today just by simple uh, an act of faith of putting your trust in him, that simple act of faith and putting your trust in him then, can, then, then can, can carry over to your marriage, can carry over to your kids, can carry over to your work, can carry over into everything about your life, but it all comes from the spirit that raised Christ from the dead, y'all. 
that same spirit that, 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 dwell, that raised Christ from the dead, if that spirit dwells in you, he will give life to this body. And I think that's what so many of us are, are, are hungry for today is the life of Christ, like, like the rich life of Christ. We're tired of being in our tombs. We're tired of walling around in the same old tomb. And like we want to experience the present reality of what he did for us over 2,000 years ago. Am I preaching to anybody? Yeah. This is the kind of, this is the Jesus we want to experience. And so all I'm saying is it's super simple today. Just put your faith in him. Just trust him. Put your trust in him. Put your trust in him. Um, put your trust in this Jesus. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Make sure you like and share the podcast. And if you're ever in the Highlands County area, uh, make sure you stop by and visit us. Uh, we're located at 1121 uh, Memorial Drive in Avon Park, Florida. Uh, we'd love to meet you here.